Leonard Cohen suggested, there is a crack in everything. That's how the light gets in. This viral crack gives us a chance to create something new and better. So let's talk about back to different and let the light in. Hi, it's Mac Bogart back again, and I'm here this morning with Carrie DeVivo, whom I know from Excel Pilates, where my wife and I take classes, which I really love. So I want to be upfront with that so that we know how we bet. And uh, I can see her right now because we're doing this on Zoom. I can see her in her studio. And in the background is Empower Your Body and Empower Your Life. Mind. Mind. That's what I thought I remembered, but I wanted to be sure I got it right. So that voice you just heard was Carrie. So I'm going to ask her to tell you a little bit of her story before we get into the meat and potatoes here. Thank you, Mac. Good morning. Uh, thank you for inviting me to join you today. So from my background, I have been doing Pilates for a very long time. <laughs> I started in 1986. I actually call it my accidental discovery that was one of the greatest gifts of my life. I had just graduated from high school and I was a, a dancer. I was going to pursue a career and I did actually pursue a career in dance, but I had a year between high school and college. And on the route to that, I enrolled in a six week summer dance program at the State University of New York, which is my native state at Purchase. And you, you sign up for your dance classes and six weeks of classes, very busy schedule. And at the end of that registration, they said, oh, and by the way, we have a Pilates studio. You can take a Pilates class three times a week for the six weeks. And I said, Pilates, never heard of it, sign me up. And that's where it all began. So in those six weeks, my body went through a transformation that for a few years, my dance teachers were trying to help happen in my body. I had a very naturally arched low back. And in those six weeks, it was completely transformed. So I realized I had stumbled across something that was powerful physically, but I love the mental component and challenge to it. And I really enjoyed the movement. So after that, I actually went to New York City for a year and I, I did Pilates there regularly, a few times a week. And I'm, I'm not quite sure, but it may have even been Joe Pilates' original studio there. If not, it was the second one. And I later came to find out, actually just a few years ago, the original Pilates apparatus that I worked out on at SUNY Purchase was apparently Joe's original apparatus. So fast forward all the way to graduate school at the University of Colorado at Boulder. I went there for a Master of Fine Arts degree in dance performance and choreography. But one of the reasons I chose that school, one of many, was that I also could study Pilates at the Pilates Center and do my Pilates certification. So I did that. And then eventually when I moved back east, I also did the Pilates studio certification program with Romana Krozanowska, who is considered the protege of Joseph Pilates. She ended up taking over his studio a bit after he passed away. So I come from some, some happenstance discovery, but some really awesome roots with the teachers that I've had, especially with Romana. And I'm very, very grateful for that. And that was 95 that I completed one certification and 96 that I completed the other back in the 1900s. 
yeah. But I started doing Pilates in 1986. So it's been a huge part of my life, more in my life than not in my life. And then in 1998, Lisa McLaughlin and I, so Lisa, I, I learned about Lisa. I met Lisa through the dance community in Washington, D.C. And then she was actually, I love to tell this because it's just talk about grassroots, right? She was teaching Pilates out of the closet, truly the, what was used as the closet at Dance Place, which is a, you know, if you don't know of Dance Place in Washington, DC, it's a great place. So anyway, she was teaching there and she said, oh, you have to come work with me. So we started teaching together. And then one day I remember this very vividly, Mac, because I was getting ready to leave the closet studio <laughs> and she was in the middle of doing a workout and she was in the middle of teaser on the long box. And you know that exercise. Yeah. And she said, I have, I don't remember. If she's, I don't think she said I have a dream. I think she said, I have a, an idea. Like she had this fantasy that she and I would combine forces and actually open a studio together. So in 1998, we did that. We opened Excel Movement Studios. It's a 5,000 square foot space in Washington, D.C. And that's when we started the studio. And then in 2001, we started our teacher training program. And in 2002, we opened Pilates of Annapolis at Excel Movement Studios. And then in 2009, we restructured such that, and, and at that time, renamed a bit, so Excel Pilates Annapolis is I own and Excel Pilates DC Lisa owns, but we function as affiliate studios and still co-direct our training program. And then six years ago, one of our graduates and colleagues, Alexandra Adams opened Excel Pilates Northern Virginia. So we call ourselves the trifecta <laughs> of Pilates. And I, I wanted to kind of share all of that because I think it's interesting to see that right now, while we are independently owned and operated, we have this camaraderie that has been very helpful through our COVID experience. And also that we started from a very, very small place and just from some grand ideas that we followed through on. And it all started because I happened across this Pilates class that summer. I know about your passion for what you do, which is uh, clear. And I also know that you run a business. I do. So you have to pay the rent, like all of us. Yes, I do. And, and I didn't know about the affiliation with the other two studios, except sort of in a very vague, vague way. Mm -hmm. So from a, from a um, turning point, break in the action, COVID-19, tsunami, earthquake, volcano, however you want to frame it, and all of those work, I think. What are you finding out about three things I'm going to ask? One is about your connection to your people. And I don't mean your customers necessarily, but the, the, your instructors, the trifecta, mm -hmm. um, how you support each other, number one. Number two, how has your sense of mission, vision, devotion worked through this with you? And third, as a, a business person, how have you discovered ways to keep paying the rent? Yes. So in answering your question, 
what comes to mind is the phrase that we've all heard a lot, which is we are all in this together. Mm-hmm. However, we are not all affected by this the same. And so as I answer your questions, I think it's important to clarify that my experience and my circumstances are what they are, and they're very different for other people. And there's not a right and a wrong, it just is. I think we're all in this together because we all fell into this together. We all got thrown in this together. There were no warning signs. And so you ended up what you ended up with. So I know some people have had a much greater challenge than I have. I feel like in many ways I have had unique challenges personally and professionally. And I have some that are shared by others that I have interaction with regularly. I know some people who, like I have some friends that just retired, were like, yeah, we don't care. We were planning on hanging out and reading books at home anyway. (laughs) And then there's others who are thrown into the workforce working crazy number of hours. So it's different for everybody. So of course, as I share some of what I've done and how I've approached some things, it's because of the circumstances that I'm in. But it is true, we were all kind of uh, thrown in this together. There, there was very little in the way of warning signs and get ready and prepare now. So in terms, and, and with answering your question, there are three things that really stand out to me that this um, period of time is requiring patience, resilience and resourcefulness and if, for me, perhaps the most important is creativity. So patience for me in terms of when this all started, um, as a business owner, it was very difficult because there was very little warning. Yep. So you started getting a little hint of this and that in terms of, hmm, things might be changing, schools might be closing. And immediately once that happened, I thought about how that would affect many of my clients and their schedules. Um, But then the actual day where we were told to close, there was about a seven hour lead time. We had sessions scheduled through that entire day into the evening. It was very vague as to whether we were one of the businesses that had to close or not. It was very impossible to get an answer from the leadership on that. Right. So we had to just kind of um, use our own initial team. And in terms of my team, my teachers and my studio director, dream team, dream team, unbelievable, total all on board, make it all happen, work together, think together, very fortunate. So there that's one category where I feel very fortunate in this scenario. So I, like, would, um, I would hope, uh, excuse me, we, yeah. we, we had talked about me just jumping in. Um, yeah. I would hope that more organizations, whether it's a family or a scout troop or a church group or an HOA or a business, mm-hmm. that their experience would tend to be more towards coming together than breaking apart under this cloud. You would hope, and, and, and I definitely can say for Excel Plus Annapolis, that has been true. I don't know if that's true for all businesses because again, the, the way it affects all businesses and people is different and stressful and everyone has different situations and scenarios that come into with it, yep. you know? But it is an opportunity. Like I always, always try to find the, make the lemonade out of a lemon. 
And that's just, you know, the, the slogan that we have in the studio, I truly believe empower your body, empower your mind. So how can we take this scenario and move forward and be empowered? So, so my patience has been tried a lot. <laughs> it has been tried a lot because I find it frustrating to have like a short window of time to, to have to close our in-studio operations and then not really be able to get clarity on that. And it's hard to not know how long does this go for? Because if we kind of had an idea of it, on one hand, I feel like that would be helpful. But if someone told me I'd be having a child home from school for all these months, I don't know that that would have been helpful information. <laughs> but bit by bit by bit, we take it on, right? But the resilience and the resourcefulness is key. So back to this falling into this together, um, I have colleagues all over the country and world, truly, and the Pilates community is a great community. And one colleague in New York City, and they were ahead of us in this closing down. Right. Okay. And I am on her email list and I would see what's happening in her studio and happening and happening and happening. And I kept watching these shifts. And then I noticed about a week or two that shift hit Maryland. And I said, okay, here's, I'm, here's my forecaster. So right when she, or when she did close her studio indoors, which was before she was required to by the city, I told my team, get ready. We need to be ready, like a switch of a light, to switch our platform from teaching movement in person to humans who we can touch and see 3D to online instruction. And I was very glad to, and, and that's what I mean, like use the resources. So now that we're reopening, the studios that are in the South, they're ahead of us by a few weeks. So I've been watching their models, what they're doing, what they're addressing, what they're running into before we do. So using resources, I think, is very um, possible for people. You don't even have to necessarily know people to be looking at what people are doing for your industry and learn from what they're doing and see what info of that applies and works for you. Because our platform isn't the same as everybody else's. Two things. One of my favorite writers is a woman named... Margaret Wheatley mm -hmm. and one of my favorite quotes of hers is uh, power in organizations is the capacity generated by relationships yes so I would guess that one of the things that we are seeing is that um, any organization be it small or large that has powerful healthy reflective relationships mm -hmm. are, are gonna deal with this better Yes. So two tough questions. Mm -hmm. This is my podcast. See, so I get to, I get to ask it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Number one, um, I suspect that as we come out of this, because my work up until this point has always been face to face in my leadership work. It ain't anymore. It's right. computer to computer right now. I suspect that at least some of that is not going to go back. Because, for instance, when I work with a group of people, there aren't any travel costs anymore. Right. So that's a, a and I love the travel, but that's, a, that's a, a, hmm, I wonder if we don't have to travel. How cool would that be? Yes. And yeah. you, have, you have kids, right? I have one, yes. One kid. How old is kiddo? 
kiddo is 14. Okay, so that's the second question. Mm-hmm. And that question is, um, I had a, a couple people on the podcast a few weeks ago who we, we kind of stuck, we just stopped dead in the water. So in desperation, I said, how would you like your children to talk about this time when, when they talk to their children about 2020? Yes. So those two things, how much do you, and making a prediction is always scary and maybe stupid, but how much do you think that your business coming out of this, because people will at some point come back into your studio, right? Yes. Uh, Most of us do not own a reformer. Right. So, but I suspect that there will still be some people who will still do this virtually. I completely agree. In fact, we put a survey out to our clients about two weeks ago, just to get a sense of where people were at. Because as I mentioned earlier, it's not the same situation for everybody. We have some clients who have compromised immune systems or someone in the household who does. So they have to approach their re-entry to things differently. And everyone has a different comfort level. Some people now have children home through the entire summer. Yeah. <laughs> and maybe not access to camps or activities that you know, many and many of them have been canceled. So it is, it's different. So like while we get to start to return, it's not as we had in the past. But again, I do think there are good things to come of this. So some of our clients realized, hey, wait a minute, when I go on vacation now, I can still do my sessions with you. Absolutely, you can. And, you know, if I'm feeling a little, because you, as you know, as a client of ours, we have very, very strict health protocols. Yep. So if anyone's even the merciless bit under the weather, they are definitely not permitted to come into the studio. But they could probably have a Zoom session. If they're well enough to work out, they could have a Zoom session instead. So I think there can be some flexibilities like that. Also, we specialize on, um, I'm gonna pause because there's a siren coming through. Right, oh, there they go. Okay. Um, we specialize on the individual, so we don't ever have any large classes, but we are able to offer uh, more, uh, more enrollment using the Zoom platform. So we could offer mat classes through Zoom. So there are definitely some perks to it. I do think that a lot of people, I have to say, I I think we all really enjoy the lighter traffic because people are, you know, not commuting. I, one thing that this has definitely brought out, I think is conscious choices for people. So as we go through life, and life happens, and then this happens, and that happens. Sometimes we find ourselves all of a sudden living a life that we realize we've made some choices about, but maybe some of those things kind of just happen, and in the busyness of our life, we didn't really stop to be like, do I want that? Don't I want that? Do I want to fight the battle against that because I don't want that or not? And they just kind of come on. And a lot of people I've spoken to talk about how this pause, if you want to call it that, or whatever you want to call it, has given opportunity for reflection and going, hmm, maybe I, I can get more work done or more balance with my family or more balance with myself if I don't go into the office every day. Absolutely. Yeah. But I also feel that people really want human interaction. 
and it is a part of who we are. And a lot of clients talk about how they, the whole screen time thing has changed them so much physically because they're not just even one said being at the office, I get up to go get water. And then I run into an, another employee and we talk about something with work, but we have movement in our life. Yep. You know? And now all of a sudden I'm stuck sitting in a chair, staring at a screen. So I do think people will push back on that because it's taxing. And that I, I definitely envision a blend. I definitely envision a blend. And I think it will take time for people to, once we're given the okay, they feel comfortable with travel. But I think people will yearn for travel. Yep. But I think they will also find conveniences through what we've learned in this with technology. And um, I, I work with some psychologists. And one of the things I recall being told is that it takes about 21 days to change a habit. Okay. Okay. To change how our brain is wired. Right. Well, we've had longer than that. Yes, we have. <laughs> we've had a lot longer. So there are going to be some, what are they called, neural pathways. Yes. Which are going to be new for this, but are going to be, we're going to be used to. So we're going to tend to keep doing them. So, you know, as you said, it's going to be a mix. And if we can see that mix as just an is, rather than necessarily, oh my God, that's horrible, or yay, brave new world, that gives us a much better starting place. At least for me, it does. Yes. And I think that some of the, I think there are some of those habits or those new ways could be very good, useful ways just moving forward in general. Yeah. It, absolutely. And in terms of, uh, that's a good segue to your question about my child looking back on this, right? So everyone says, children are resilient, children are resilient. And they are, they are. And they're very kind of uh, organic, I think, in so many ways. And so now that the governor has said that, you know, you don't have to stay at home, but you still have to social distance. Our community, common area, has become a great resource for him meeting up with some friends and having some interaction because could you imagine being 14 years old and this socially isolated? No. It's definitely not organic. <laughs> 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 but for them, they just, and then they get it, they understand, you know, keep your six feet, parents are watching, all of that. But they just go back to doing what they do and they figure out how to do it. So what I was said earlier about creativity being one of the most important survival skills in this, it, they have a very natural tendency towards, children have a very natural tendency towards. But I think that for me, you know, I've been doing what I've been doing, having a studio, teaching, running a studio for over two decades. I was given a situation where the state said, you can't do it like you've done it for these decades. I could say, okay, well, then we're closed until we can open. But that was definitely not the choice. I do believe, empower your body, empower your mind. There are ways we can do this. These are important things. Clients need this. Clients want this. How can we be creative and make this happen? So we've been doing that a lot with, again, with my child and socializing. So I'm hoping his takeaway will be, and his school, I feel as well, has done a lot to try to be creative 
and honor some traditions and keep education moving forward. So I hope he looks back on it at all the ways we continue to do things to continue to move forward in our lives, progress in our lives, live our lives versus stall our lives. I imagine he'll look back and think about how much torture it was to be <laughs> away from all his friends and all that normal interaction. I think he will look back and I think he's had enough time with mom and dad. <laughs> but he'll look back and be like, oh, but there was a lot of fun with that too because we've done some fun things. Um, but it's hard to say what his perception will be of it until we really get out of it because I don't know because we're not there. Nope. How long does this go on? Does this come back again? Because the impact will be very great on, on a young person to have that much time in quarantine. And it's going to continue to be great for us not quite as young mm -hmm. people, right? It, sure. This is, for me, the way I see it, this is like the assassination of JFK or 9-11, is that the world... It's not, it's just shifted. Yes. It shifted. I appreciate your time. It goes by fast. It does go by fast. It's like, what, what happened? Right. Um, I, I really appreciate your focus on patience because I'm not the most patient human in the world, but I've learned a lot about patience. So being able to see this as a possibility see this time as among other things and it is i mean you and i are pretty pretty okay right and there are a lot of people who are not okay right. i get that i don't want to say oh boy this is fun um and we can look for possibilities and opportunities and we can look in the mirror and say okay i need to be really patient Right. right. I need to learn how to do that better. Mm -hmm. And then I think whatever happens next will be in a better place for. And then we can, as I say, we can push forward instead of, of pushing back. Right. Right. And I think it definitely uh, doing it together in terms of, I feel like anybody I've reached out to, especially with, work-related things, very, very willing to help and share and share guidance and go the extra mile. And people are definitely, um, resources, they're there. We just kind of have to call upon each other. Maybe that'll be our kind of social virus. That would be a good one. Is a sense of community and connection. That I would prefer that over COVID-19. Ditto. <laughs> Thank you very much, Carrie. I, 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 I hope that uh, we will see you face-to-face uh, -face soon. So do I. Thanks for giving us a listen. As we move forward with this situation, with this thing that's us, let's never forget that we are all in this together. No matter what else happens, we're all in this together. Thank you.